At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash gradschool. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Musafir Stories, India's very own travel podcast, where each week we share the journey of travelers in their own words and relive their experiences with you, our listeners. Hey guys, welcome to a brand new episode on the Musafir Stories. Our guest today is Dheeraj from the blog Team G Square. A really interesting blog where he's documented several of his travel exploits along with his wife and kids traveling uh, across Karnataka and across India. So let's jump into the conversation and find out where Dheeraj is taking us to today. Dheeraj, thank you so much for being a part of the Musafir Stories and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Saif, for inviting Thank you. It's our pleasure, um, Dheeraj, that you've been able to make it. And uh, um, before we get into the details and um, find out more about where you're taking us, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and uh, your blog, Team G Square? Yeah. So as the name suggests, it is Team G Square. So uh-huh. it is basically a team. So team team consists of me, Dheeraj, and my wife. Okay. When we started, say, 10 years back, and now we have completed the square with two kids. So <laughs> ba- basically now I, my wife and my two kids, my son Adi, who is about four years of age uh-huh. and daughter about a year old. Okay. We four travel together wherever we go now. Okay. Wonderful. Until, unless it is an office trip or something like that. Uh-huh. Generally, we started traveling sometime back in 2009, post-marriage. So, at that point, we realized that there's so many places which is not known, unknown. And back then in 2009, mm-hmm. internet and Google Maps were not as advanced as today. Sure. 10 years, yeah, you just put something in Google Map today, it will show you everything. Back then, it was an effort to document whatever we see. So that is where the blog Team G Square born out. Wonderful, wonderful. I think that's a great story. And um, yeah, I I really, really uh, recommend our listeners to go uh, check out the blog, especially the series you've done on uh, the temples, right? Some of the temples uh, in India and in Karnataka, especially there's a lot, lots and lots of temples uh, um, that are not, they're not very known. But um, today we're here to discuss um, something outside of Karnataka and uh, something that I found really, really um, intriguing. And um, it had like a literally a fairy tale sort of a uh, depiction about it, uh, about a feel about it. So, Dheeraj, uh, you quickly want to tell our listeners what we're going to speak about today? Yeah, so we are going to speak about one of uh, legacy, uh-huh. medieval legacy in <laughs> yeah. stone, Orcha. That place is Orcha and mm-hmm. Orcha is situated in Madhya Pradesh. It's very close to northern Madhya Pradesh. Oh, it borders 
Uttar Pradesh and is very close by. It's like hardly right. about five six kilometers from Jansi. So Jansi and Orcha together, and with lot other places in UP and northern Madhya right. Pradesh, like right from Chanderi, where part of Bundelkhand. So that this place is called as Bundelkhand and. were ruled by bundela rajputs exactly, exactly. um so yeah also very close to the other historical places or places of historical significance like um, gwalior for example right is uh, about 180 kilometers and even yeah. kajuraho is pretty close by about 180 kilometers but in the other direction so um i think uh, yeah that's why it's it's uh, right in the middle of all the action and uh, it has a lot of history associated and um, that's why we wanted to discuss about this and uh, just a little bit of trivia as well i don't know if this is like an urban legend or if that's actually true but um, i understand that the name orcha it um, means something like um, uh, hidden or hiding right hidden i think that's what it uh, translates to and uh, it gets its name yeah. from um, the fact that the bundela rajas right they were initially uh, based um, closer to varanasi in up and uh, after the onslaught of um, the tughlaqs i think it back in the 15th century or so they started moving towards um, Madhya Pradesh and uh, where Orcha today is, and they set up their uh, base there while after fleeing. So uh, I guess it was uh, a little hidden from, or it provided them uh, hiding space, and uh, that's where they set up their city. I guess that's how uh, the name also comes by. Again, don't take my word for it, but uh, this is one of the legends that I did look up. So um, yeah, wonderful, really, really mm-hmm. to be speaking about this place, and uh, also just as a little bit of a. Uh, adding a little bit of a context to this, right? Uh, what time of the year did you visit here, Dheeraj? So it was, I think it was January second last year. Right, right, and um, so good time to visit, right? Uh, because it's yeah. in the plains, it might be hot at the time of the year, right? Uh, so perhaps January is a good time to visit. January, February should be good. December, Jan, Feb should be the best season to visit. And then, uh, how long of uh, itinerary uh, did you guys have? Like, what was planned? So it was basically a road trip to Madhya Pradesh. So we mm. were covering a lot of places in Madhya Pradesh. So it was totally a plan of fifteen days. Okay. So on that Orcha, we kept one and a half day mm-hmm. to explore Orcha, and it is definitely less. At least a good three day plan for Orcha is required so that you explore everything. Mm. And Orcha is like a complete package. Orcha has lot of things mm-hmm. like a vulture sanctuary, mm. so you can spend lot of time sighting vultures, which is not so yeah, not very common. Yeah. Common, yes. Mm. And I still remember sometime in my childhood that was the time where I saw so many <laughs> vultures. So when we sighted the vultures, we were completely yeah. out of the world. So so right. many vultures. Quite an endangered species, also, right? That these are dwindling and uh, very hard to come by. Yes. So you have a river passing through. Betwa River, correct. Betwa yeah. River. You have lot of palaces. It's very uncommon in a place to have some ten to twelve kinds of palaces, and each built in different sure. style. And you have an around twelve to fifteen temples. Again, each temple here is built in different different style. And chhatris, the mm. royal chhatris, <laughs> yeah, the iconic uh, Orcha chhatris, right? Yes. So these, and again, once you go to chhatri, you realize that this place is completely. Engulfed by vultures. Every chhatri you find at least five to six vultures sitting on it. Right, right. So it's an amazing experience. Orcha, as I said, is a kind of complete package. It is not just history, not just wildlife. Yep. 
it's mix of both and i think there's rafting also in betwa mm-hmm. river planned uh, done by uh, mp tourism so mp tourism has done a lot of work in ocha and ocha has all the facilities for a uh, premium to a budgeted traveler so sure. you get lot lo- lot sure. of options to stay from a budget to a premium resort mahal kind of resort right, right. so yeah i think it seems right out of a novel right with all the palaces and the temples yes, and yeah you have the vultures absolutely. the kings and then a lot of stories about gods also we'll we'll touch upon those a little later yes. uh, but yeah very very fascinating and uh, just to touch upon this also it's it's uh, actually a seasonal island right on uh, the betwa river that's how it used to be uh, before uh, like the bandel the bandela kings came and set up their uh, kingdom there so that's why yes. again i uh, repeat and uh, stress that uh, it's it's really fascinating and uh, the architecture also like you touched upon it it's very different very different from say gwalior or uh, the uh, forts and palaces of rajasthan even though they're in the vicinity it's very different from um, a lot of that architecture that also makes it uh, very interesting in one way um, so we'll j- jump into it and find out a little bit more so one and a half days is what you said but uh, ideally maybe a weekend extended weekend would be um, good to cover this in detail right so that's a good thing and uh, getting about orsha um, how convenient is that um, like uh, are most places close by that you can literally walk them or do you need like local transport to get around how is that no it's concentrated at a place so you can mm. fa- easily walk around once you reach orsha obviously the rajmahal complex the most most of the palaces and the buildings and few temples are located in this complex so it is like mm-hmm. and this is the entry point for you okay. because this is where the ticket counter is one has to start mm-hmm. his visit from rajmahal there are a lot of guided tours you get okay. tourism board approved guides here who can mm-hmm. give you a much better perspective to ocha and who will explain to you the legends the stories associated with ocha and trust me they are very good Yeah that's really good to know because um sometimes a lot of these places I mean they're sh- sure beautiful from the outside um, and look marvelous with the architecture and everything but a lot of these stories you need somebody to tell you right add that uh, bit of context and uh, um make it even more fascinating so I think it's really important that um, there there are well learned guides and it's great that uh, there are like uh, the tourism board approved guides too so they're not uh, just some guys uh, like claiming to be guides and uh, showing you around so that's great um now Tell us. Let's get started. Um, I thought how we'd go about this is uh, maybe cover some of the palaces, the temples, and then uh, towards the end come to the chhatris and uh, the vatsa sanctuary, right, to close it off. So the Raja Palace is one of the most large palace built here. Mm. It was built by Maharaja Rudra Pratap right. in the year fifteen thirty eight. So palace was inhabited for close to two hundred two hundred and fifty years. Okay. by their family the raj mahal has lot of beautiful paintings mm. and is very spacious you can if one visits there lot of like it is got a central place where they had the water fountain mm. and place to gather for a casual gathering and the architecture is such that it remains cooler in summer also with the number of windows arch and everything so it's beautiful palace and the paintings are absolutely marvelous inside 
and when you say when you say paintings it's like these uh, wall murals uh, that you're referring yes, to right yes absolutely so the paintings of uh, puranas you have vishnu avatars every avatar has been depicted beautifully here the way these people lived the fort fighting so everything scenes from war how queen lived how king lived mm-hmm. so everything is covered here yeah it's a great murals i have to say and uh, i think it's uh, uh, even more um, incredible given that uh, these are back from um, as you said the 16th century right 1530 yes. it is when this was built and uh, so it's close to 500 exactly. years exactly so that way it's remarkable uh, i mean the amount of artistry that's gone into it and uh, even the kind of material that's used uh, that has like survived all these years in terms of maintenance um, are these well maintained Yeah, these are comparatively fairly better maintained. I say, you know, MP tourism and MP government has done considerably good yep. in maintaining heritage sites, architectural sites. They've done fairly better job than any other tourism or government. Maybe Rajasthan would be the benchmark. So Rajasthan and MP would fight for that position. But rest are far, far behind. Sure. And I think uh, in some ways, MP is a little bit underrated, I feel, right? Compared to, say, yeah, uh, Rajasthan yeah. or uh, another um, place. Uh, somehow, MP, like there's other places also like Mandu and Dhar that we've covered in the podcast. Brilliant places, but not that popular um, in the in the tourist circuit, right? So, somehow it's not done, but I think kudos to the MP Tourism Board that uh, they're doing a marvelous job. Um, and uh, you also made passing references to these um, big courtyards and everything in the in the mahal right i think uh, the mm. other places of gathering that you were referring to the those are probably the darbare um and the darbare khas right where uh, most of the gatherings mm-hmm. used to happen yes. it's brilliant in one way it also takes you back to the time and uh, uh, you tend to imagine how things used to be because you're literally in that setting right uh, and in terms of um, say the size is this one of the bigger palaces also yeah this is the biggest palace in orcha and i think raj mahal and jahangir mahal both are almost same size so jahangir mahal as per the legend it was built for jahangir who stayed there just for a single night <laughs> so it is that they had to what to say maintain a kind of friendship between the rajputs and moguls during that time it, it is it was like a mere more of a cat fight you cajole sometime you fight sometime <laughs> love hate relationship right <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and it, it every time depended on either of the kings so see sure, lot of I politics think, uh, <laughs> use the right term there you have to be like uh, politically correct right sometimes uh, otherwise you run the risk of uh, uh, being um, completely brought down to your knees and your um, entire kingdom being wiped off so i think that's what uh, this is an example of that uh, at times they were um, instances where uh, like the bundela rajas were at war with um, say the tughlaqs or even the moguls for the, for that matter and now this is in where uh, they were actually cordial relationships so that uh, they, i think they could um, just maintain their kingdoms right uh, avoid being overrun by the moguls because they were much a much much bigger force uh, the sultanate and uh, the moguls after them and uh, yeah just a little bit of uh, background to this that jahangir was the son of um, uh the emperor akbar the mogal emperor akbar and uh, um so he was invited here by uh, veer singh dio i understand right that was the 
Bundel King uh, King that uh, yes who was ruling who was ruling over Cha during that time so Jahang Jahangir uh-huh. Palace or Jahangir Mahal is considered to be a classic Indian medieval castle as it is picturesque artistic romantic whatever you can call and the gateway to this palace is wonderful piece of artwork so one can see the artisans have done wonderful job. Absolutely, and uh, all for uh, a one night's stay. So imagine the, stay. Amount, of, <laughs> imagine the amount of work uh, that went into it. But yeah, at least uh, I'm glad that so much uh, went into it. And the other surprising fact was that um, this this palace, uh, just looking at you, some of the pictures looks very very different to some of the other in the in the region, right? Um, so that's also something that stands out about uh, the Jahangir Mahal. For Jahangir Mahal, it was a mixture of Rajputana art and the Mughal art. So it's uh, you can say it is a hybrid of both the both 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 of the architecture. Exactly. So I think yeah, it's uh, brilliant. And as you mentioned, it has that backdrop of uh, uh, that story of how politics used to be played out even back in the day, right? Uh, it gives a window into that also. Uh, wonderful. And uh, what was what was uh, the next palace on your um, on your route? So the next palace is called the Shish Mahal or the Glass mm-hmm. Palace, which has now been converted into a heritage hotel by MP Tourism. Mm-hmm. Built at the end of uh, Rajputana's family's okay. downfall, so as I was at the fag end of 18th century, mm-hmm. it was built very late. Though the place has lost its sheen, you can still see the some amount of tiles, that glass work on the palace, which gives it the name the Shish Mahal. And then in the terms of uh, say how big it is, uh, you said it's a retreat uh, during the fag end of the rule, right? So um, is it? Even in terms of grandeur, I guess it's much, much uh, simpler, I'm assuming, or does it still retain the charm? Compared to Rajmal or Jangirmal, it is a fairly mm-hmm. simpler structure and a smaller okay. structure. And uh, currently, what what is the status? Is this the one which is like a heritage hotel now? Yeah, so it is one of the two resorts run by MP Tourism in Okay. And then, uh, moving on from the Shish Mahal, which one was um, on your radar next? Next was the Rai Pravin Mahal. So the Mahal built by, or the palace built by Prince Indrajit Singh for his beloved courtyard singer back then. So the Emperor Akbar was impressed by her voice and wanted her to stay in his court, but she refused to do so okay. and returned to Prince Indrajit Singh. The palace has some beautiful paintings of the singer in different moods. So it's pretty neatly built, compact palace for a courtyard singer. Yeah, I think this is uh, another one of those interesting uh, stories yeah. about the kings, right? Uh, back in the day, they used to have their own uh, like courtesans and um, yeah, people who would sing and dance for them. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rai Parveen. Apparently, her uh, beauty was uh, compared to Rani Rupmati, also from this region in the past, right? Uh, so, from Mandu, I guess, right? Bas Bahadur. Yeah, uh, that's what uh, she was compared to. And um, I believe when uh, she went to Akbar, the way she uh, found a way to return back, right, without having to, like, end up as a courtesan for Akbar was uh, uh, she said a beautiful poem to Akbar, which uh, kind of made him change his mind and send her back to Indrajit Singh. So apparently she said, only a lowly person, a scavenger, a dog or a crow eats from a plate 
partaken by someone else. So I think this was uh, just making a reference that she already had a mindset on Raja Indrajit Singh and uh, I think uh, Akbar kind of got the hint of what she was trying to say and then um, uh, sent her back to Raja Indrajit Singh. So uh, yeah, <laughs> again, as I said, these are all uh, uh, literally stories from those old days, right? Uh, about the kings and uh, their ways. So uh, I found this one too very intriguing. Um, that's, I think, what's special about uh, these places with um, historical connections, right? There's so many stories hidden in them and uh, it's, um, I think, very fascinating to unravel a lot of these stories. Yes, absolutely. These stories along with the history makes this place a worth visit. So it's rather than just visiting an historical monument, seeing the architect, when you hear the stories, when you visualize these stories happening in front of you, that changes the entire mood of the location. That brings life to the location. Absolutely. Rather than just seeing some stone structures, these stories, these legends add a lot of life to the structure. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree on that part that they actually add a lot of life to the structure and uh, also like take it on the path of imagining, right? How things used to be back then. Um, but yeah, this is wonderful. And moving on from um, the Rai Parveen Mahal, uh, anything, anything more in terms of the Mahals there in the complex? So there are a lot of other Mahals like Dasyoka Mahal, which is believed to be a minister's residence. Then there's Oja's house, Shamdua ki koti, Daroga ki koti, Daoji ki koti, Hima Hamir ki koti, and many. There are okay. many more which are almost in neglect. Okay. Compared to Raj Mahal or Jahangir Mahal, Shish Mahal, and Rai Province Mahal. Right. All these are spread across in their own neglect. Hmm. Okay, that's unfortunate because seems like all of these are uh, built later, right? After um, these first few that we discussed. Looking at the names, it sounds to be like 17th, 18th century mm-hmm. buildings. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, smaller structures also, like you said, uh, perhaps belonging to ministers or uh, other important people. Yes. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, passing on from these ruins, um, uh, why don't we talk a little bit more about the temples of the place? Because uh, that's something that really stood out for me too. The main temple here is Rama Raj Temple. Mm. So where they say that the Lord Rama is worshipped here as right. king and not mm. as god. So that is one of the unique thing. Because all other places, Ramji is worshipped as Lord. But this is the only place where he is worshipped as king. So there's a beautiful story behind it. So the story behind the Rama temple here is that King Madhuka Shah and his wife Rani Ganesh Kuri both used to follow two different gods which were avatars of Vishnu. So king was the follower of Krishna and okay. queen was the follower of Lord Rama. So they always had the difference. So king always used to say, no, no, both are the different avatars of Vishnu and that is why if you see that Raj Mahal has beaut- beautiful paintings of different avatars of Vishnu. Yeah. So king took that effort to get it painted so that the queen understand that all are same uh-huh. god, maybe different avatars. So, 
That's when the mm-hmm. royal priest tries to pacify the queen's anger, but king tells the queen, "Okay, so now you can go to Ayodhya and return with Lord Rama only." So queen promises the king, "Yes, I will only return here with my lord." So queen goes to Ayodhya and she does the penance for the god, and finally she finds that whatever she has done in vain, and she shouts in anger, saying that. if you are not there what is the point in me leaving so i will jump into the mm-hmm. river and take my life that's when lord rama mm-hmm. turns up after being impressed by her devotion she narrates the entire story why she came here why she, mm-hmm. and she finally pleads him to accompany her to orcha he uh, agrees to accompany okay. her and he sets few conditions for that first is that he will travel only by foot and his journey from ayodhya will only start once pushya star sets in and would continue till that star remains in the sky and fi- final condition being that he would reside in the first place and w- would be the only king there that is why he is worshiped as king and not as lord yeah I think uh, this one was a very interesting story too. Even when I um, read up from um, from your blog, and uh, apparently, because I believe they were constructing another temple for uh, the the king was constructing another temple for uh, for Lord Ram, right? Yes. Uh, the news spread to the king saying that Queen has found the god. Uh huh. So to prepare his welcome, so King started to build a temple. Okay. and the temple was called as chaturbhuj temple mm-hmm. even today the temple is under worship it was evening the time when the lord returned mm-hmm. to the orcha and he was hungry so he wanted to have food mm-hmm. so that is when they took him to a palace queen's palace which today is a ramaraj temple right. so if you see this temple this temple is not like a temple it is like a palace it is more like a smaller version of raj mahal sure. so it is a rani mahal which today is converted into temple because he came there and as per his condition he will live in the place where he sits first in right. orcha and he'll be the king of yes. the place so that's how the palace was converted into a temple Yeah, that's the that's also a very interesting story, right? And uh, as you mentioned, um, it looks nothing like a temple. It um, is an actual palace, right? So that's why it's very different and uh, colorful, also bright yellow and pink, hues of pink and yellow. So um, I think that was very interesting too about the place. And uh, um, another thing I read about this was um, that last bit, right? That he said that he will be the king of the he will be the only king of the place. Also, what I read about this was that after this incident, the uh king madhurkar um rani ganesh ganesh kumari's uh, husband he actually shifted the capital from uh, orsha to a nearby tree for for some time because of uh, uh, because of the third condition of the lord so this this was um, very interesting to hear and uh, actually a lot of uh, things match up also with the the actual temple that was being constructed for him being in, in the close vicinity and all of that so uh, yeah again very very interesting is all i can say Yes. Um, and uh, just jumping on to the Chaturbhuj temple also because um, these two temples are related by the same story, right? Uh, how does the Chaturbhuj temple, um, Dheeraj, compared to? Says, I mean, this is a palace, obviously, but uh, in terms of the architecture and everything, how's the Chaturbhuj temple modeled? So initially, the temple was built 
for Lord Rama as per the story. So, but currently it houses a murti of Radha and Krishna. It is a multi-storied temple. I think it is a it is a five-storied building. I think this temple was probably built like a palace. If you can see the actual structure, it is more like a palace, less like a temple. Maybe the whole plan was since the Lord Rama wants to come here and stay as a king. Probably mm-hmm. that was the whole idea of building it in this fashion. If you can see, all other temples here were built in a proper temple plan, unlike Chaturbhuj uh, and the Lakshmi temple. Even the Lakshmi temple here is built in a different architectural style, but still it resembles a temple. Yeah, I think um, yeah, uh, that's probably a recurring pattern, right? That the architecture styles are um, very different compared to, and uh, I guess a mixture more than uh, and um, and uh, you mentioned about the Lakshmi Narayan or the Lakshmi Temple, right? Uh, why don't we just uh, touch upon that as well while we're at it? Yes, Lakshmi Temple is again one of the bigger temples built here in a rectangular plan, which is probably one of those temple which is. not so connected with the okay. city of ocha so it is kind of in the outskirts uh-huh. of ocha probably one will have to travel a little bit from ocha to this temple but again the temple is magnificent the inner walls are painted and have beautiful paintings depicting as similar mm-hmm. to rajmahal story lives of king queens stories from epics of ramayana bhagavad gita and many other puranas yeah, that's that's probably comes out in this temple right like uh, unlike uh, some of the other temples um, this one has a lot of uh, paintings and those frescoes as they call it right uh, uh, they're also a little bit um, i don't know if uh, just reminded me of the frescoes in uh, the shekhavati region in um, rajasthan we covered this previously on the podcast but similar to yes. that so uh, i think it's great and uh, yeah even this one i believe was built in around um, the 17th century so quite a few hundred years old and uh, it's great that they're intact i mean yeah obviously some of them have deteriorated a little bit over time but um, uh, it's it's just great to see the kind of um, artisanship and the craftsmanship that's gone in and these painting to survive for uh, about 400 years and to be as colorful as it was back then really some efforts we paint our house every third year or fourth year <laughs> Yeah, and we talk about technological advancement, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what is marvelous about these structures that um, they've lasted the whole time, and uh, they're still standing strong for um, hopefully the following generations all to also to um, enjoy enjoy the beauty of these structures. Um, and uh, any other temples you want to touch upon, um, Dheeraj? So that's the Panchamukhi okay. Mahadev Mandir. So it is again. a kind of uh, temple which is built on octagonal plan so the temple is here built on a octagonal plan and the style of architecture is called as bhumija so bhumija uh-huh. style of architecture which is a very pre- prevalent kind of uh, architecture in the okay. bundelkhand region here the temple again is having a beautiful murti of mm-hmm. uh, it is panchamukhi so it is five faced okay Shiva Linga is there. So mm-hmm. here the Shiva is five faced. Then there are a lot of other temples like Radhika Vihar Temple, Vanavasi Ram Mandir. Again, 
one more dedicated uh-huh. to ram during his exile then there's a shiva temple and there many temple actually we we explored probably less there if you go towards the river betwa there mm-hmm. a lot of temples on the bank of betwa river but Chat- chaturbhuj temple takes the yeah it's the <laughs> crown of ocha wonderful wonderful as planned we've touched upon a lot of uh, beautiful palaces and the fort complex and um, a lot of temples also and uh, going by what you've been saying that the beauty is just marvelous of these um, the kind of architecture that's gone into these temples and then uh, also some of the unique fe- features right like the frescoes and then also the very interesting and intriguing sometimes stories that are really to uh, some of these temples or uh, some of the palaces um, now we ready to um, come to the one of the iconic monuments of orcha which is the chatris of orcha that's what has been the selling story of orcha so orcha if you ask anybody would say uh, orcha is famous for chatris yeah. yes the uh, travel plan to orcha happened because of these chatris but to be frank the mahals and temples take the cake in front of the chatris yeah just as a little bit of a background i believe these chatris are uh, um, basically built in memory of the royal family members right the 14 chatris that are built yes. and as you mentioned it's on the banks of the betwa river right so that also adds to the beauty of the whole picture there yes the best time to visit probably chatri would be sometime in the evening so that you can catch sunset with the river and the chatris it's it's a uh, very wonderful and uh, as you mentioned at the beginning of the discussion as well the vulture sanctuary the indian vulture sanctuary is also located in the vicinity right so the entire village or the town of ocha has been converted into a vulture sanctuary so you can find vultures across so we spotted a lot of vultures on the top of uh, chaturbhuj temple so we climbed up the f- entire structure and on the top we spotted lot of vultures so that was our first interaction or first sighting of vulture after a long time we tried to find out what is it that's when we realized that there's a vulture sanctuary oh, okay so you didn't have this on uh, your itinerary before that is it yes <laughs> absolutely that's yeah. when near the chatris they put a board saying that orcha is a wildlife sanctuary for vultures mm-hmm. Once you reach the chatris, almost all chatris you find vultures, and the rough estimate as per government is somewhere around one fifty to two hundred vultures. But when we spoke to a guard, he said it is about four hundred. Four oh, hundred, okay. Then it's a good thing, right? Uh, I mean, there uh, seems to be increasing. Yeah. Yes, I I'm sure it would have increased by now because it's two years old figure. What I'm sure. talking. <laughs> Let's hope so. Once you cross the river, mm-hmm. right? There is a small sanctuary. It's not exactly wildlife sanctuary, but it it is a wooded okay. area. So again, drive along that gives you a kind of wilderness feeling of wilderness. Yeah, as you said, um, it has I think the best of everything, right? From the uh, beautiful palaces to the wonderful temples and the stories associated to them. beautiful chatris and finally the wildlife sanctuary and the wilderness to wrap it all up and uh, thank you so much for uh, covering it up uh, so nicely and giving us like a, a nice guided tour and um, helping out anyone who's planning a visit to the to this beautiful 
place in the heart of India, literally, right? It's situated in the Bundelkhand area in Madhya Pradesh. Um, and then um, just to um, quickly go back to any other places that you thought you did not cover in the itinerary um, that one can visit, Dheeraj? I, we didn't. We were unable to cover the fort of Jansi. Okay, so that's the one close by, right? Yeah. Yeah, very close by. And I think there's one more fort close by to Orcha on the way to Kajrao, which is believed to be the earliest fort built. So that can also be a part of itinerary if you're visiting Orcha. Sure. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, these other places also, right? Uh, Jhansi, then the others like Khajuraho is also very close by, uh, I mean, relatively close by. And then um, there's also Gwalior. A uh, good few places that are in the vicinity, right? That um, you can perhaps make um, more um, wholesome trip like you guys did instead of uh, just flying here down for the weekend. You can extend the trip to a few more days and the- cover these interesting places too. But uh, thank you so much. Thank you for uh, giving a wonderful description of the place. And uh, it's literally the land of the kings and uh, the land of temples and beautiful palaces and nature add to that. So thank you so much. It was a wonderful trip taking us back to the annals of history, right? Looking at uh, how this area was formed, this um, capital of the Bundela Rajas was formed and uh, a lot of uh, interesting stories that are a part of the history and the culture of the place. Thank you, Dheeraj. We look forward to following your work and um, look forward to having you back on uh, the Musafir Stories too in the near future. Thank you, sir. Thank you for giving this opportunity to speak about one of the beautiful places of India. Thank you, sir. That was yet another great episode of The Vasafir Stories. If you guys like the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Audioboom, Savan, Pocket Casts, CastBox, Stitcher, or any other podcasting app available on iOS or Android. Please do leave us a review on iTunes. It goes a long way in the show's discoverability. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We go by the handle The Vasafir Stories. Or, if it suits you, you could email us at themosafirstories at gmail.com or visit our website at www.themosafirstories.com for more information. All of these links will be made available in the show notes section of each episode. So here's to more traveling, sharing and inspiring. Stay tuned for our next episode. Until then, happy travels and goodbye!